Okie dokie, ladies and gents, we are back with another episode for the Women for Greatness podcast. If you're new around here, my name is Serena Hess. I am your host, your guide, your talkative BFF. I don't know what to call me. I'm here and I'm hanging out. And we're talking with a cool lady today. (laughs) We're talking with my friend Danielle, and Danielle is a jack of many trades and a master of many things. She is a fit model for guests, she's an actress, she's a director, and I think the best word to describe Danielle is that she is a creator. She's a creator of life, she's a creator of scripts, she just creates. That's her whole life premises. In this episode with Danielle, we go on the windy journey that she took when she was in her 20s and wanted to move to California across the country because she wanted to be an actress. We learn the emotions that she felt when she got turned down from big brands because she wasn't the right size, because she was too curvy. We learn an inside scoop and an inside perspective of what it's like to remain positive about your body and to love your body when you're constantly and literally having to be tape measured around your waist, around your butt, around your chest. Can you imagine being measured every single day? Yeah, this is Danielle's reality, but she still is such a strong and fiery example of what it means to love yourself, to be yourself, and to thrive where you're at. You guys, I hope this episode lights you up because Danielle is amazing and she is worth listening. So I'm gonna stop talking so we can get to the listening. Good morning, Danielle. How are I'm you today? Great. How are you, Serena? Good. Okay, so who is Danielle? What do you do oh, like? Give us the scoop. That is a loaded question. <laughs> a loaded Already question. starts with a loaded question. Okay, well, um, my name's Danielle Argyros, and I'm an actor out here in Los Angeles, but I also am a producer and a director and a fit model. So I'm a, I'm a slasher. I've got a lot of slashes and I know a lot of that is frowned upon sometimes, but I'm, I'm confidently saying it that I'm a slasher mm-hmm. a lot. So that is who <laughs> I am and I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your favorite thing to do out of all the things that fill your out buckets? Out of all the things I truly, truly love acting. I've tried to escape it a few times because mm-hmm. of just the harshness, the reality, the the focus, the energy, and the determination that it requires is just beyond. Mm-hmm. And anybody that, that does it is just, I applaud them. It's just such an incredible craft, but it definitely takes up a lot of your time and your energy. And I've tried to be like, maybe I shouldn't do this and... try and find other things but it just keeps coming back and calling my name so yeah I yeah I'm focused on that that's definitely one of the major ones that fills up my bucket Mm -hmm. when did you start I started in oh man elementary school high school I mean the (laughs) typical story of like being you know in all the plays and just enjoying being on stage and the feeling that you get yeah. it's it's hard to describe it's one of those exhilarating feelings and honestly when i graduated college with a bfa in fine arts and uh, a minor in dance at loyola university of chicago i was considering mm-hmm. moving to new york and then i was on set with um we did public enemies they shot it in chicago And Michael Mann was directing it and he was trying to actually go to all the locations that John Dillinger uh, went. Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. he's, he was this amazing gangster back in the day. And Johnny <laughs> Depp played uh, played him. And Christian Bale was Agent Purvis, which was the guy that was trying to get him. And I got cast as a Dillinger Squad girl. And it was it was a background acting kind of kind of job. Mm-hmm. But I sat there and I worked overnights for like five days and watched these yeah. people work on a Hollywood set. And it was magic. I mean, they were making magic. <laughs> and I was like, this is insane. And so that's when I decided mm-hmm. to move to Hollywood. And I've been here for eight years. And it was it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I want to make magic. <laughs> yeah. So how old were you when you decided to move? Because that was my next yeah. question about your um, move. Okay. That was, that was like when I was 21. Yeah. yeah. So you had just been on set yeah. for that like production yes. and just in the whirlwind of it all or you were just really inspired like what what were you feeling okay. at that time? Honestly, like the director, right? Michael Mann, he was very meticulous. He wanted the shots. He was I was mm-hmm. watching him the entire time which was so cool to see because as a background actor, mm-hmm. you can just kind of sit and watch everybody work, which is really cool. And mm-hmm. he he directed me to do something because I was just standing in for this ticket lady at the front of the the biograph in Chicago. Yeah. And I kid you not, 30 minutes later, he's up in a helicopter shooting an aerial scene. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, is, that, is my old man up in the helicopter? And they were like, yeah, we're getting some aerial shots. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> I mean, look, the, granted, the budget is a, is, you know, a Johnny Depp budget, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, that time I was torn between Hollywood and New York, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm definitely somebody that I just enjoy the stage and mm-hmm. I enjoy the live theater of it all. You watch it, you don't record it, you walk away and you feel something, and and you can't describe mm-hmm. it to anybody because everybody feels differently when they're in the room. With film it's there you know you can watch it on netflix you can you know pick it up and check it out like it's it's always there um with theater it's this like a this like little special nugget of time that you can't really Mm -hmm. you can't really fast you know uh rewind and play again so i don't know it's art you know you know what it's like i mean it's just like creating a podcast it's like these are recorded for people to hear and it's a beautiful thing i mean i i i love it so yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were just fueled up on passion yes. <laughs> and excitement when you moved to LA. Did you know anyone there? Like, did you go by yourself? I went like, by when myself. you actually got there, were you like, oh crap, what did I just yeah. do? Like, because your family lives far yeah, away, right? So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. And yeah. yes, my mom and I drew- <laughs> drove out here by myself. And um, I was with her. And I wrote down before I left, I, people knew that I was moving to Los Angeles. So I had this notepad and I wrote down everyone that was like, oh yeah, I got a guy or, oh yeah, I know this girl. And it was one of those things where I just went, I came here and I, I kind of hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. I just was, I was connected with people that I never knew, but I was, I was like, okay, I got to connect with these people. These people know them. So, like, I'm going to reach out to them in an email. I'm going to call them on the phone. And I have to say, like, I, I definitely tackled almost everybody that was on that list. 
and I found out a lot of information and it was one of those things where I was alone and I came across a, um, a roommate. It was crazy. She, I used to know, I knew her from when I was, when I was little and she was in a Starbucks okay. and my mom and I were trying to, we were trying to find an apartment and things were crazy when I first got here and we saw her at a Starbucks and she was looking for a place. She was also kind of in this like, like, you know, a lower place of like, I need to find something. Mm-hmm. It's almost like God saying, Hey, like I'll get you somebody for now, you know, and, and you won't be alone. And so I, I looked at that as like a God wink and we were like, okay, let's do this. And we moved into a two bedroom in mid city. And then a couple of years later, my sister moved here from New York as a, fas- a fashion design student. And she now still lives here. We were roommates for seven years and now she lives in Malibu and she's safe um, from all the fires and mm-hmm. everything, but she's working at the biggest hosiery company in, in the entire world. She does everything from like Target, Walmart to Barney socks and she designs socks and hosiery. They're exclusively with Cosmopolitan magazine. So she gets to have so much fun. And so she yeah. kind of went like we, we were, we were together for seven years and then now she's, she's off doing her own thing like a boss. So I think mm-hmm. that that journey of, you know, finding somebody to live with at first, her name was Carmela. It was just one of those things where it was definitely a God wink. And I was very, very happy to have somebody to connect with because when you're out here alone, it's hard. Yeah. I love that phrase, a God yeah. wink. That's so cute. I'm always looking for it every <laughs> I've day. I've never heard that before. <laughs> So I feel like there's a lot of different directions I could go yeah. with that. First, I just want to commend like you and your sister both. You're both badasses. <laughs> like, you. <laughs> like you guys work so hard and like what she's done with that company and then just how you work so hard every single day. Yes. You know, I just want to commend Thank you for you that. Me. Like it must be in that great it blood <laughs> you two are like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Totally. Decide. I think but, it is um, for sure. Our yeah, our yeah, yeah. is really strong, <laughs> and our parents are really strong, and my mom's a badass, and so is my dad. So it's definitely in the blood for sure. I'm like, you two are so like just your stories. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. <laughs> but um, I think I want to take it a slight like over a little bit because I think you're really, really good at like connecting with people and like meeting people and like networking yeah. almost. So I want to talk about like that sticky note list. How many people were on that list? Like, what did you say when you talked to that? Like, you didn't really know, know them. Yeah. Like, how did that work? Okay. So one of the big guys <laughs> on the list was Rick Yorn. Okay. And he has like, if you look him up on IMDb, he has like six clients on IMDb. He's got Cameron Diaz, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake, Scarlett Johansson, Jamie Foxx. I mean, this guy is like <laughs> top notch. He has a bathroom in his uh-huh. office. Like he is oh, the gosh. man. <laughs> and uh-huh. he was so nice. And I just, it's because the connection was already made with somebody back home. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Johnny Chappelle and he's a doctor in, in St. Louis. And he had given me his name and I connected with him and he was just so open with wanting to meet with me and, and look through my portfolio and give me advice. And it was just one of those things where it was too easy. I was like, this is, you know, and and that's where people kind of coin the phrase out here. Like, you know, it is who, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, I've, I, I was kind of 
shaking a little bit. I was nervous to meet him. And <laughs> he was using Cameron Diaz's name, like, oh, Cameron. Like, I, you know, I, t- I told her to, you know, keep her hair short and blah, blah, blah. Like, all these little things. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Cameron. I totally know her. Like, you're like, yeah, yeah okay. Our nice hangout, we'll grab lunch, you know? So <laughs> it was just one of those things where I was soaking up everything he was saying. He said to keep my name. I asked him if I should change my name because my last name is Argyros, right? It's got the Greek Euro sandwich mm-hmm. in it. It's like hard to pronounce mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, people don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, keep your name. Um, I had ha- I had actually cut my hair really short for a short film with Nate Parker and Glenn Powell, who now is just incredible. I mean, they both have blown up as actors and producers Mm -hmm. and directors. They had me cut my hair short and I was like, I'll do it. I'll do whatever. And I was, I played an alien (laughs) and they like completely covered me in like latex white and they, they duplicated me by like thousands on the screen. And it was really cool to see. I had my short hair when I met with Rick Yorn and he said to grow my hair out. Because he had saw my hair before, mm-hmm. and he's like, Gr- "Grow your hair out." And I was like, "Okay, done." He's like, "Keep your keep your last <laughs> name." I was like, "Okay, done." Because I was trying to coin my middle name, Danielle Margaret, which really is. And he was like, "It's not that strong, you know. Your last name is strong, and it's it's diverse." And and this was eight years ago, so it was really mm-hmm. cool to hear him say that. And I walked away with just little coins of information and. The one thing I do regret is not continually, you know, emailing him and staying connected with him. That's that's one of, you know, we all have the regrets and coulda, shoulda, wouldas. But I reached mm-hmm. out to him a couple of times via email throughout the years. And he's just, he's a busy guy. But I think he connected with me because of my connect in St. Louis. So that was yeah. really special. Yeah. And then how do you like even have the confidence to like go in there and be like, hi, you know, like, honestly, you know, or like talking to yeah, people, okay. you know, so like, we're talking like baseline <laughs> confidence, right? We're, we're like everyone yeah, for when, all, all like walks of life. I mean, I think, uh-huh. I think there was this thing where I was like, okay, I'm out here for one reason. And when you make sacrifices and when you're so far away from home and when you're, you're sitting there, like, what am I doing with my life? You, mm-hmm. you kind of have this weird thing that like happens inside of you that you're like this, I can't not do this. And, mm-hmm. you, and you get ignited by that. And you're like, okay, be present, focus. What are you doing here? Why are you here? Like your big why everybody's, you know, all, all these people that are, that are motivational speakers. It's like, what is your why? You know, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And that moment was like, okay, you either step up or you step down and walk away. That's mm-hmm. the everyday life of, of, of us as actors. It's like you either step up, do the work, focus, and put the energy towards it, or you go home. You move back to St. Louis. You find another job and you're happy there. Where do you mm-hmm. find the happiness? And so the focus of like be finding those, finding that confidence, walking into that room, walking into rooms in general, it's like you, you have mm-hmm. to have a big why and you also have to be grounded in wanting to learn. I think a lot of times people, when they meet with people that are higher than them, that are bigger than them, that are bosses, that are, that they want to aspire to, you walk mm-hmm. in and you're like, fear can kind of come over you. When really excitement should, it should be one of those things where you sit there and you listen and you take notes 
and you're and you know that you're you're taking notes from one of the greats so mm-hmm. i think i think that can help people understand that any room that you walk into and you're trying to achieve greatness you have to listen and listening is so important and you have to kind of think to yourself that you aren't as good at this as this person that is speaking but you want to be so mm-hmm. i'm going to listen and i'm going to hear what they have to say and i'm not going to reject or deny i think a lot of people they get nervous and they think they know that they that this is what they want right and this that, that they're perfect and they this is the headshot that they want to use or this is the you know the platform or even if we're talking about somebody that's giving a presentation for oh i don't know uh like period a dog mix or something. Like if a girl come, goes in and wants to give a, a speech about her presentation that she worked hours on, you know, and then have mm-hmm. someone say, you know, I think we should do a little more of this. That moment defines a, cha- a champion. <laughs> it does. It defines yeah. a boss. And what we talk about and define, you know, what a boss is. A boss responds and doesn't react. And I think my father, my father told me that. And he said, you respond, you don't react. And that means that with response, you're actually digesting the information. You're hearing what that person has to say. And you're, and you're therefore responding with, you know, an actual uh, question or response to counter that and create a conversation and not shut down. Because a lot of people shut mm-hmm. down, you know, and they, they get nervous and they get scared and then they don't actually show their true self. And then that's the hard part because everyone has such a beautiful inside, you know? Yeah. No, I love that because there's, you know, there's a lot of natural responses to someone you think is higher up yeah. than you or, you know, at a different place. And a lot of the time we just want to be like where they are, yeah. so, you know, <laughs> it's like I want to be like you, but no, I really love your perspective on that. I think that's really helpful, especially like the learning disposition. That's right. really good. It's it's important. <laughs> it, it's important because what you just said there, a lot of people, they look at people that are higher up and they think that they have to replace them when no, mm-hmm. it's the absolute, absolute opposite. It's you join them. You know, you join them. You want to join them. There's no, yeah. you know, there's so much cattiness in the, in the industries that my sister and I are in and it's just, it's unnecessary. Everyone wants to lift everybody up. I hope. Right. And so you come across people who don't want that. And guess what? You don't have to talk to them. I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm at this age where I'm like, you know what? I don't have to continue this relationship. And that's also an empowering thing for women. We always feel obligated. Mm -hmm. Like we have to be friends with everybody and we don't. And I have all people have learned that the hard way. So, you know, you don't have to be friends with everybody, but you can surround yourself with people that want to lift you up and you can customize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had this 
question just because you're so heavily involved like in the acting world and in the modeling world and so just those industries it just kind of made me wonder how do you handle standards or like body image pressure you know because there's like there's an expected look almost in both of them you're supposed to maintain or look a certain way how do you handle that like yeah that's a great question because it's 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 like that in every industry regardless of like the acting or the fit modeling but I do have to say with fit modeling, it's, it's intense. You know, there, when I first started, mm-hmm. I was there for, I work at guests. So I'm their, I'm their main fit model for the young contemporary line, the YC line. I fit their jeans, their tops, their dresses. And for everybody that's listening, that doesn't know that I'll, I'll explain a little bit. I go to the headquarters in California off of Alameda downtown. And I get to hang out in like this beautiful, huge room with amazing mm-hmm. designers that are just stunning, amazing people. I'm, I'm, I, I know I said amazing twice, but they are. I, um, <laughs> my boss is incredible. The designers there are just beautiful people. So I get to try on their clothes. So they design on a sketch pad, they send it to a vendor and then that vendor sends one sample and they send it mm-hmm. to us and I get to try it on. And so that in itself is a creation and and an art mm-hmm. piece, if you want to think about it like that. And I have to get measured every two weeks, every three weeks, depending on the on the months and who's doing it. And they mm-hmm. measure me from my chest to my waist, to my hips, to my thighs, to my knees, to my calves, to my ankles, to my bicep. Mm-hmm. And they write it all down in a little notepad and everybody gets my measurements because they have these little forms that are next to their office desks and they put the garments on the forms. And so I have to kind of mm-hmm. match the form. And I've gone through some body image things where, you know, I'm not completely the perfect size and my low hip and it's been a thing. And, and it's one of those things where I think your personality is so important, especially when you're in a room full of women and I stand mm-hmm. in the middle there. And so I have like my heels on and I'm wearing either like a dress or a top or uh, pants or a short and you know, all of these amazing women are surrounding me and there's, there can be up to about 10, 15 people in the room and it's, yeah. it can be overwhelming and it can also be really fun. I think body image for every woman is like, this is the epitome of body image in a job. <laughs> yeah, really. What I noticed and what I think for my sanity have recognized is that they aren't looking at me they're looking at the garment. And so a lot of times fit models can be, can take things personally. It is a personal thing because, you know, this is our job, you know, our bodies are our jobs and also letting them know this is tight. This is short. I I feel itchy. I don't, you know, this, Mm -hmm. this is kind of cupping me weird under my arm, you know, that there's just so many things as a fit model, you have to be attentive to the job itself is really complex. And I can't tell you, Serena, I, when I first started, oh my gosh, like six years ago, (laughs) I worked at Roxy Quicksilver for an hour. So I would drive Mm -hmm. an hour to go fit for an hour. And I was, you know, with these people that kind of helped me, you know, figure it out, but it was, it was swimwear and you're trying to figure out, okay, do I wear like chicken cutlets? Do I wear a bra? Like, mm-hmm. Do I wear you know, like, <laughs> nude underwear? I mean, it can get really intense. And so 
now I, I've kind of created this like arsenal of like <laughs> of things. I have a, a suitcase that I roll around because my back was just getting so crazy from all the shoes. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to have the options of the different straps for the bras just in case one of them gets cut because they, they're cutting a lot of garments on my body. Oh, crap. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then they're like, they're pinning me. So haven't gotten like crazily like pinned before. That has been good. Knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now. <laughs> it's one of those things where I've kind of surrendered and I think you get to a point in your career where if you feel like body image is an issue you have to find a place of surrender in order to continue and move on and live your life Mm -hmm. and if you don't surrender you will feel lost and you'll feel really stressed out so for me like I used to measure myself every day. I have a measuring tape in my bathroom and I used to measure myself every day, but I I don't do it every single day just to kind of Mm -hmm. see the maintaining and like see if I'm maintaining my specs and all that. But I was like this when I went in to meet with guests. There were 60 girls there. They were fitting with, you know, a whole (laughs) bunch of girls trying trying to find a new fit model. I don't know, Serena. I mean, I feel like, you know, I know your question probably is going to be like, how did you do it, right? How could you walk into a room with like 60 other girls waiting in line to go in there and get looked at and completely strip your clothes and be so vulnerable? I mean, right? So vulnerable. I'm like, that's pretty brave. (laughs) They mark you with a marker. You know, you're standing there in your underwear and they are measuring your body. And, And to talk about like creating a complex for yourself and being like, am I enough? You know, I mean, Mm. I've driven (laughs) all the way to vans one time and they measured me and they said, you know, they stopped halfway through. They're like, you're a little bit bigger than we wanted. So we're going to stop right here. And they were very nice. They were were very nice about it. Right. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, thanks. And like someone that I was the first timer of like, you know, like fit modeling. I was like, what is this world? Yeah. You know, walking into Fabletics and trying on their stuff and them saying that I'm a little, little too big, in my low hip and all this thing, all this stuff. And it's just, it's one of those things where I, you sit in your car afterwards and you have to understand that it's just, it's, it's the girl they're looking for. It's not me. Mm-hmm. And I found a home and guests accepted me for my curviness. And I, that's what I appreciate about their brand is they appreciate the real woman. And for mm-hmm. me, like, I love standing up for that. The voluptuous woman, you know, and the woman that, that can't, you know, fit into a, a straight Levi's skinny, you know, and, 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 and just, just mm-hmm. those kinds of women. And I, I'm proud to be a part of that. And I've been with them for three years and after the Vans and after the Roxy Quicksilver and after all of that stuff. And, you know, to mention my modeling agency, my the girl that I connected with, she was fitting everywhere in Los Angeles. And she was just so tired of going to all these these accounts. And she created her own agency. Yeah, she's like, I'll just exactly. make it myself. I'll do exactly. my own thing. <laughs> like, right. <I> you. <laughs> so she created this, this agency I'm with. It's called Metric Models. And she brought on... Uh, another woman. So now her, it's Corinne and Mash. They're her, they're incredible, incredible ladies. And they've Mm -hmm. started this company and I was one of their, you know, first fit models to join the company and they get me out there and they have fun with it and they're just go-getters. And, and you know, what's so interesting and exhilarating because I'm actually getting really ignited talking about it. It's 
when you talk mm-hmm. about the people that are around you that want to make you shine, there's nothing better. I mean, can you agree? There's yeah. nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing better. So like body yeah. image or not, you know, I let them know, Hey, they don't like me because my low hip. I, sorry. Um, next on to the next, <laughs> you know, and they're like, don't yeah. worry, girl. Like, it's cool. Like they didn't measure one of our models, like, right. You know, and, and it's such a game and you got to play it. And if you don't that for me, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, if I'm going to fixate over this, then why should I even be in this job? You know, why should mm-hmm. I even do this? So I yeah. had to find peace. I feel like that'd be an ongoing mm-hmm. thing in that space. Like you could be good one day and then the next day someone says something weird and you're like, wait, do I need yes. to that? You know? Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, wait, so right. <laughs> yes. I feel like, yeah. That's, it's an but, up and down situation. I, mean, I do like though what you said about um, realizing like, okay, it's not like, it's not that they're against me. It's that they're looking for a different girl. Yes. Even just like Instagram, for example, yeah. I have a few friends and they're like getting free stuff from companies. And for a minute, I was like, I want to get, yeah. you know, but then I'm like, you know what? Like, that's their story. It's not my right. story. And being okay with because success or whatever happens to everybody at different times. It's so true. And just being okay and like having faith that, you know, my time will come. Right. And this opportunity may not be my opportunity, like translating for you with modeling. But if they hadn't said no, then you wouldn't have found guests. Honestly, everybody's journey, like you said, is different. And you have to. And I think what's interesting is here's the deal. I think the skivvy, right? The secret to it all is really (laughs) using the word surrender. Like you have to surrender. You can't try and fit a square peg into, you know, a round hole. Like you really can't. So when Mm -hmm. your energy and your, and your gut is telling you, okay, my time will come, like just surrender to that. It's hard though. (laughs) Just sit. Mm -hmm. It is hard. No. Yeah. For sure. Any industry, you know, like a girl sees a girl get a promotion or, you know, like you said, you see people get free stuff and you're like, well, I want it. I I want that kind of camaraderie with companies and like they, so that they know who Mm -hmm. I am. And, you know, I want to start working with, you know, more marketing brands and whatnot. And so in this generation, okay, I think a lot of women and a lot of girls, they want the instant gratification. I mean, everybody does. Girls and boys. Girls oh, and yeah. boys. All right. It's oh, not yeah. it's not just girls. But I think what <laughs> if I could tell any anybody that's like my, you know, 15-year-old self, if I could if I could mm-hmm. say anything to that person. And all the 15-year-olds out there at this point right now in our generation and what our world is dealing with and just in general with social media and the body complex and thinking that what mm-hmm. what's on there is perfect and I want that. It's please take a minute to understand that you are what perfect looks like. And, and that like mm-hmm. every woman is perfect in their own right and in their own way. And so yeah, trying to change the course of your perfection isn't going to help you succeed in your life. I think seeing mm-hmm. yourself in the mirror and acknowledging that this is who you are is so powerful. Um, I heard a podcast episode 
And the girl was saying every morning she looks at herself in the mirror when she's in her underwear and she puts her hands on like different parts of her body and she goes, I love you. I love you. Oh, I love love that. To every single part. And that's going along with what you said, you know, accepting your body. Because, I mean, that's what it is, like, accepting yourself and your body, like, and who you are. Like, don't stop trying to be someone else. Yes. And because then, because then when we're trying to be somebody else, we don't really figure out who we are. And, like, that was, that was my 20s, like, finding out, like, who I was (laughs) and, like, really being like, who am I, you know, instead of trying Mm -hmm. to mold to what I think people wanted me to be. And I'm still working on that. I mean, I'll probably still work on that until I'm, you know, 80, 90 years old. But it's one of those things where I'm just, you know, trying to be somebody you're not or wanting to be the Kardashians or wanting to have a private jet (laughs) or wanting to have a size 26 waist or, you know, wanting to have Louboutins and nice clothes and all this stuff. I think our instant gratification has heightened so much with Instagram and with social media and with Twitter and all the things that we see are no longer just in magazines. They're everywhere and they're uploading every single second of every single day. And we're scrolling and we Mm -hmm. see and we want and we need and we think we need and we think we like it and we think we want it. And there's so much that it's, Honestly, I'm, I'm telling you right now, to be real with you, Serena, I deleted my Instagram yesterday <laughs> on my phone because oh. it was just it up every two seconds. And I was like, this is yeah, not okay. I had like a moment where I was like, what am I doing with my life? And it's funny because now with the whole new Apple technology with the screen share thing, you can actually see how many hours you spend Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's scary. It's not pretty. Like, I could have been reading a book. Like, I could have finished a novel. Could have finished a book. Yes. (laughs) And so, you know, I, to all those amazing, like, ladies and kids and all the girls, all the ladies, be still where you are. And that's hard. Like, to just be who you like find out who you are and be still in that is like is Mm -hmm. the hardest thing that we could do in this in this day and age with so many things I guarantee you a lot of people couldn't just sit and like meditate with their self with themselves for at least 20 Mm -hmm. minutes I mean oh my gosh you'd want to pick up your phone you'd want to check your emails (laughs) you'd want to go on tv and see what's on and it's just Mm -hmm. to be with yourself is to know yourself and yeah. that is, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if that's a quote from somebody, but I'm <laughs> that's what we get yeah. today. <laughs> oh my goodness. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> so I have, I think just two more questions for you. Um, this one, I'm really excited to hear your take. So what, what's your favorite or greatest moment like in your it could be in your acting career, in your directing, in your fit modeling career, like in like just from working so hard, what's been your favorite moment where you're like, wow, like this is awesome, like that you accomplished something or that you got to this place. Like, can you talk to me about yeah, a moment yeah. like that? Um, I've had like a few little nuggets in my career where I was like, okay, this is where <laughs> I belong. Um, mm-hmm. I auditioned for a role in the last ship and it was a really big guest star role and 
I went in and it was actually a casting director that I had gone in for before. And I kind of blew it my first time. I felt like I blew it. And I just wasn't, I wasn't original. And my very first time that I went in with him, it was just, I wasn't prepared in in the way that I thought. And I was nervous. And so I kind of let that go. And it was one of those things where I was kind of scarred, scarred for life about it. In like four years later, I got this audition and it was for him. And I said to myself, okay, I can't mess this up. I have to focus. I have to give my all because that's what this career deserves. And that's kind of where I was in that limbo of, you know, you go up and down, right? You're, you're in this industry. It's a mm-hmm. lot of ups and downs. And when you're down, you really can reflect and focus on like what you need to do to perfect and move forward and, and try and get yourself to, to stand up, be more positive. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I got to stand up and be more positive. Let's do this. So it was a lot of dialogue. It was a lot of material, but it was coming to me very easily. It was very mm-hmm. interesting. Like some dialogue comes to me very quickly. Some of it is a little harder to, to like actually obtain. I went in and it was the most incredible experience I've ever had as an actor auditioning. And mm-hmm. I sat with him. We went through it. It was so intimate and wonderful. And he he was so connected with me that he, like, dropped some of his lines. And, and he hmm. also, at the end of the audition, after, like, I did it a couple of different times, he recorded me. And he said – and he started asking me questions. Just, just recording me as Danielle. And he's like, mm-hmm. can you keep it rolling? And I looked at the girl that was doing the tape and I was like, what's happening here? And we just started mm-hmm. talking and he goes, thank you so much for coming in and being prepared. He goes, I see a lot of people every day and I'm very thankful for you. And I told him, I said, I don't know if you remember me, but you know, four years ago I came into your office and you were bringing in people like you always do. And I just kind of was a, I just kind of was a glaze over. I wasn't anybody special. And I, and I told myself that day, I'm going to really bring in myself. I need to bring in who I am as a person in every audition. I try very hard to this day to do this, but mm-hmm. he, I, I, I told him, I was like, and this audition came in and I told myself, I need to prove this is really who I am as an actor. And he just sat on the other end and he just, he smiled and it was such a genuine moment and a real moment for me that it that's the kind of moment that allows me to keep going in this industry, that there are people that like mm-hmm. really fight for the true validity of like who you are as a person and as a character and the person that you bring in the room as the character. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was like one of the most amazing nuggets that I've ever experienced <laughs> like in the room as somebody like you know, booking a guest star, booking a series regular or whatever that, whatever the case may be, it was just magic. And I think mm-hmm. kind of circling back what I said at the very beginning of our talk is I want, I wanted to find that magic and being on the set with, you know, Michael Mann and Public Enemies and Darnie Depp and Christian Bale, it just felt magical. And I think to this very day, being out here for eight years, I've been searching for that magic and 
when I can find it and when it happens, it really does put me in a place where I realize this is where I want to be. Constantly searching for that magic is what I try and do. And honestly, when it happens, it's so undescribable. I mean, I tried to describe it to you just now, but the feeling is just so unreal. It's like you can't really Mm -hmm. put words to it. And that's, that's the connection that I, I hope everybody finds, you know, in their jobs, just whatever their job is, you know, nine to five, who cares if you made a connection with somebody and you helped somebody with a project or you presented something and it was amazing, that is a win. You, you won, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you have to celebrate the little wins and that's what keeps me sane out here and not like wanting to shave my head and go Britney Spears, you know, like (laughs) it really does. It's like, those are the kinds of things that allow me to stay grounded and focus on my time will come. My journey is just beginning and I need to be positive. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what is this world? I, I don't want to be negative. Yeah. It's just, it just makes, it just makes <laughs> everything so gray and I don't want that. Yeah. I love how you circled back and like talked about the original magic. Like that you <laughs> like recreated it, recaptured it, you know, yeah. found it. I, like that's, that's awesome. That's awesome that you yeah. see it like as yeah, magic. Yeah, of course. You know? Okay, Miss Lady, my last question is where do you see yourself in six years? That's good. Okay. All right, let's talk about this. <laughs> I see myself as a solid series regular on a TV show. Dramedy, preferable, but I love drama. I love comedy. Mm-hmm. I see myself in season three of a really substantial show that everybody loves uh no matter what platform i don't care and living a beautiful life and in six years i i definitely see myself married to the one i love (laughs) (laughs) with this series figuring out how i can have a baby because i want i want kids and Mm -hmm. just trying to be the empowered woman that I am talking about now (laughs) that I want, you know, Mm -hmm. that I want to be and standing on two feet and being confident with myself and what I bring to people's lives, because that's really essentially what it, what it is. How do you affect other people? And if you affect people in positivity, then you're doing the right thing. And if you affect people negatively, you need to figure it out. And I want to be the person that people come to. I want to be the person that people feel like they can share something with me and I won't blab it out and let people know about it. I want to be that intimate friend. And I see myself Mm -hmm. in six years doing just that being creating new friendships, staying with the ones I have continuing my growth and learning and staying humble because that is all there is in this world. And if you can stay humble and listen to people like Rick Yorn, (laughs) I think that it's me six years from now, it will be successful. And yeah, I think the journey will be successful. And that is everything. And that should be what everybody wants in their life. Mm, I love those. I can't wait to see you on your own show. <laughs> I'm excited for I that. I'm like, either. oh, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I'll binge yeah. watch every episode. <laughs> well, what's, what's interesting is I'm, you know, to bring this full circle, I'm 
really quickly if you have a minute. I I'm I'm yeah. writing with uh, one of my writing partners. I have a production company, Silver Guardians, with my girlfriend Courtney Stewart, and we're we're writing mm-hmm. a, a pilot that is based off of the short film Day of Reckoning that went and made uh, best action adventure film at Comic Con. So we're working on that right now, and yeah. we're very excited about that. But it's definitely taking some time. And very close to that, I'm working with uh, another one of my writing partners, Amy Pafrath, who is a wonderful person. And we're both from St. Louis. And we're writing a, mm-hmm. uh, a pilot that focuses on girls' confidence and, you know, mm-hmm. the the energies that we put into uh, when we were in high school and the, and the focus that we had with everybody and the relationships and the weirdness and the awkwardness and the, the, you know, the braces and the boys and (laughs) everything. And it's, it's a very exciting thing. And it's one of those things that's very close to my heart because it, it follows my life as a fit model and then moving back home Mm -hmm. to figure things out with, um, with family and ending up inspiring little girls to be confident and focus on what they truly want in their lives. And so, you know, women for greatness is something that is, it it should inspire and ignite every woman out there to be positive and to focus mm-hmm. on what they truly want and figure out what their why is because you know sometimes you could sit there and be like what am i doing this for oh wait this is my why and then your whole life can mm-hmm. shift and yeah really instead of just scrolling on yes. instagram all day long yes exactly <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. that's what I have to say. You're so right. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Where, so is there anything that myself or my listeners can do for you? Like go like a specific thing or go listen to this or go watch this video. Like how can we support you yeah. and where can we find you online? And oh, just to keep up what's going well, on. <laughs> I deleted my Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> head to my Instagram and open it up. But if you, if they want to follow me at daniellearjeros.com, like you can go to my website mm-hmm. and like look at all of my videos there. The two main things that I'm trying to focus on right now is my Tabitha TV series, which is, oh my gosh, <laughs> love. I'm trying to figure that out. Love. I only have my first like, you know, little episode up there, which was the one that Ben shot. But mm-hmm. I really want to start creating content and it'll probably hit in January. So Tabitha TV is the handle for the Instagram, the Instagram. I felt like 85 when I said that, like the (laughs) Facebook, the Instagram. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, if you want to follow me at my, my actual Instagram, my, my personal page is Danielle Argyros. So it's spelled D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. And then my last name is A-R-G-Y-R-O-S. And that's my handle for Instagram. And yes, I kept my last name super Greek. So hey, no, I love it. I love it. Okay, Miss Slate. Do you have anything like you wanted to say or throw out there that I didn't ask? Um, or- I just I just love women that love other women, that lift people up and and focus on celebrating. And you just have to keep celebrating your little victories. And you have to keep celebrating yeah. the love that you have in your life because a lot of times we overlook what we have 
And I, th- I think mm-hmm. that that's one of my main things that I try and focus on is like, really reflect on what you have in your life right now. What are you, what are you yeah. happiest with? And what do you think you can change? And those are the things that I try and do every day when I look at mm-hmm. what I have in my life, who I have in my life. And that's just, that's the beauty of it. So I wish yeah. everybody luck in anything that they, that they pursue because just pursuing it in general is half the battle. <laughs> So, my friend, what did you think of that episode? Danielle, she's so she's so fired up about different things and she's so passionate about life. And if you sit down for coffee or a lunch date with Danielle, you feel so inspired. She leaves you energized and charged and just motivated to do things. Danielle's stories about her life and her different experiences, her ups and her downs, you know, it just inspires me to go out and to work harder, to create more, to keep doing. Danielle, is such a great example. She's such a girl boss, such a babe. I love Danielle and I hope you loved this episode. You know the drill guys. I've asked you, I think in every previous episode before, but I will do it once again. If you liked this episode, if you liked any of the previous episodes, even if there was like a one-liner that you enjoyed here, I have a way that you could say thank you for this. (laughs) If you left even just a few words on the iTunes podcast reviews, it helps other people know, huh, maybe I should actually check this show out. This person said it was motivational. This person said they liked it. Your comments actually matter. And by saying certain things in your comments, I can know what you like or you don't like. So it doesn't even have to be good, to be honest. I just need a comment. I need some feedback. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, obviously, I'd prefer it to be good. But, you know, you got to say what you got to say. Anyways, you guys, if you liked this episode with Danielle and all of her life stories and struggles and triumphs, please leave us a review on iTunes. Another fun idea that I just thought of is leave a review on the iTunes of your favorite episodes so far so I can try to have more episodes like the one that is your favorite. Whether your favorite episode is Kaylee's, Ashley Eckergren's, Hillary Jane's, maybe one of the solo rounds, or maybe one of the like originals like with Morgan Pence or Jocelyn DeMaya, whatever your favorite episode is, put it in the reviews so I know who you like and what you like. Okay, guys, I am just like babbling now. I'll leave you to your day and I'll talk to you later. Bye.